0: Before we get into the introduction I'd like to state that this episode contains discussions around sexual assault, listener discretion is advised. Hello, girls and galettes and welcome to the Gospel of Ghosts, the podcast that aims to bring the lore and storyline of Ghosts to the forefront of their music. My name is Niall and today I'm joined by another very special guest, another huge Ghost fan, Cat. How's it going?
1: It's going great. How are you? I'm, 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 I'm
0: good. I'm really quite warm. The weather is quite twenty-three warm. degrees over here, so <laughs> and my room is sealed <laughs> off for slime protection. So, fun times. Oh no. So, Kat, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get into Ghost originally?
1: Uh, well, I had heard them for the first time in 2013. One of my friends that I knew, we were just hanging out, and she said, "Hey, I need you to listen to this album. This band is really cool. I think you'll like them." It was Opus Eponymous. and I gave it a listen, and I was like, "I was like, wow." You know, listen to these guys. It's kind of like a cool retro sound. I actually thought the band was like a lot older than it actually was. I thought they were like from the 70s and you know they were like touring with coven or whatever and i was like they've only been around since 2008 what and then i kind of forgot about them and in 2015 i was just on twitter one day and uh someone i follow said today's a great day ghost is putting out a new album and i was like oh yeah i remember those guys so i went on spotify and it was meliora day and from the first note that i heard spirit i was hooked i was absolutely all in from that day forward (laughs) And I'm um, just uh, the obsession keeps growing ever greater.
0: I assume you've went back and listened to like Infest SM multiple times by now, though.
1: I have listened to all of them so many times <laughs> it would be an embarrassingly high number.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's 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 uh, ridiculous. Have you any idea how, how many times we listened to Death now in the past week?
1: <laughs> in the past week. <laughs>
0: in the past week
1: i've uh, i've uh, put myself up to the challenge a couple of times mm. i don't automatically skip past it anymore <laughs> which i'm sure <laughs> we're going to talk about
0: we are we are in fact But we'll, we'll get to that in a minute i ask every guest this uh obviously it's not going to be death now um what <laughs> <laughs> what what would you say is your favorite ghost
1: song i have two and you cannot make me choose square hammer more specifically these days the live version of his ceremony and devotion and also zenith they are solidly locked for first place and you could never make me choose one over the other i love them both so much
0: yeah but if you had to
1: oh god uh <sighs> square hammer
0: i made you choose it
1: was close <laughs> you did how dare you <laughs>
0: It's an interesting thing that you say the live uh, the live version of Square Hammer from Ceremony and Devotion because I actually am in agreement with that completely. <laughs> There's a lot of the songs, especially from the earlier Opus days, like Conclave. I adore yes. it on Ceremony and Devotion.
1: I had put myself off from listening to Ceremony and Devotion for a really long time just because with my experience with other artists, I've never really enjoyed live albums that much. So I just sort of thought I was like, I know what a ritual sounds like, I'm not going to hear anything that I haven't heard already, which sounds really stupid for someone as into ghosts as I am. But I was like thinking it's missing from my album collection. So I got an eBay, I bought a copy, um, the two LP one, and I played it and you know, when the when the pyrotechnics go off at the beginning of Square Hammer, right at the start of the album, I just went, Whoa. <laughs> it was so good. Oh I've yeah. been listening to ceremony and devotion so much lately.
0: I would say it's probably my favorite ever live album of any group. It's just it's really good quality. The sound quality yes. is like fantastic and obviously they can perform live just as well as they can record they can perform in the studio so and Absolutely. there are like certain little bits like in the live album that have my translated into my everyday listening you know if i'm listening to the actual album it's just like as it at the end of conclave he's just like clappity clap frisco, clappity-clap
1: frisco. Just... <laughs> <laughs> <You> just... <I'm... laughs> another part that i love is when they're doing gola zombie queen and mm. papa just goes Thank, thank you
0: <laughs> i knew it i knew it i love that one too
1: it's so good i
0: actually prefer the um live the live version of girlie zombie queen to the original <laughs> both are great but the live album just adds a bit more extra to it because of that thank you actually
1: i i think the reason that i like square hammer the live version actually more than the original one is because right at the end when papa does that dramatic bit when he sings on the level hmm he doesn't just sing it flat. He does like that. I'm not going to try and attempt it, but, you know, that flourish he sings with yeah. it. And I'm just like, oh, that is so good. I wish they would have done that on the regular track.
0: Uh, I mean, some some things are good for live. Some things are good for the recording. True. Let's discuss Death Nail, the topic of today's conversation. Let us. You're not really a big fan,
1: I take it. It's sort of hard to explain. It's not that I think it's a bad song. I mean, I don't think Ghost has any bad songs. Death Knell, musically, it's solid. Lyrically, it's solid. It's just not one of those songs that I've ever really like had touch me quite as much as the other ones did. And so it just wound up being a song that I would usually wind up skipping over, which is why I thought it would be a really cool song to discuss. And that's why I tried to pick it up with you to discuss it. And it's given me a greater appreciation for the song, actually. It was a very interesting experience to research it
0: i'm glad that someone else has my perspective of not really liking a song or not 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 really not liking it you know what i mean no not appreciating it and then looking through the lyrics because like that happened with me elizabeth right i like elizabeth Mm -hmm. it's a great song but it was never one of my favorites and then i did this podcast and i you know i investigated the lyrics and stuff and i love it it's such a good thing i hope we're doing that to the rest of the ghost fans that listen to this podcast and find new appreciation shall we get into the meat of the podcast then
1: shall we we shall
0: i will do a story summary if you don't mind
1: go right ahead
0: previously on the Gospel of Ghost. In the story where we are now, the clergy has been formed, and the plan to birth the Antichrist has been formed and worked on in the shadows. In the past few instalments, the clergy has grown massively with its push to include women neglected by God as seen in Stand By Him, and in the last episode, Satan Prayer has finally stepped out into the world, taking some of the power away from the Church of God. And that's where we are at the moment, in our narrative. Which moves us on to Death now, which will have a content warning at the start of the episode. Yes.
1: <laughs> is. Certainly we will. We most certainly will.
0: God damn, is this episode dark. <laughs> right. Shall we uh, Shall we get into the lyrics?
1: Let's rock and roll.
0: All right. Say, can you see the cross? Inverted solemnly. Starting off very, I was going to say starting off very satanic, but actually, No. So the inverted cross, which everyone thinks is like a massive symbol of like satanic worship and stuff, they think it's like an unholy symbol, isn't actually that. It is actually a very religious symbol in the eyes of God, especially surrounding Catholicism.
1: It's very Catholic.
0: Oh yeah, massively. It is specifically the symbol of St. Peter, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the first ever pope in, in, in the that lineage. That was
1: a bit I missed. I didn't, oh, really? I missed the, yes, I, I knew it was the cross of St. Peter. I missed that he was the first pope.
0: Yes, he officially was because the Pope, the head of the Catholic Church, is viewed as the successor to St Peter with him being the first pope, so he is he's named on like on articles and stuff. he was never actually named the Pope, but because he is the direct successor to our the predecessor to the Pope, he is officially the first Pope in many books and websites and stuff. He is listed as the first.
1: Wow, I learned something today
0: It's the point of the podcast, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The whole story behind this is that Saint Peter was set to be crucified in Rome. However, he requested that he be crucified upside down, um, as he did not feel that he deserved the same fate as as Christ. So, yeah, the the religious symbol that is the inverted cross, also known as the Patrine cross, is actually mm-hmm. extremely religious and comparative to and associated with the papacy, aka the Pope.
1: Yeah, and I actually came across that exact same thing, minus the Peter being the first pope in my research. And I stumbled upon this article from a Catholic website where it was basically saying, is the inverted cross a satanic symbol? And I think it was a priest who wrote it. And basically, to summarize it in one sentence, he goes, no, it's a Catholic symbol. People have just co-opted it.
0: Yeah that's true I mean, think of the amount of like death metal bands and stuff and even ghosts who use it as a as a as a symbol
1: yep. of, of <laughs> Papa Satan. One's robes
0: yeah exactly uh, actually I do actually want to draw a quick comparison there I suppose because obviously uh, Papa One had the robes with the inverted cross on them right mm-hmm. these lines draw an insane amount of detail just in the very first picture in our heads right yes. in this instance the Petrine cross is being used as a satanic symbol however it also works perfectly with the fact that our papa the papa in this story is the first pope of his church thus drawing an indirect comparison between the church of catholicism the church of god and clergy
1: yes which could we also infer that maybe in the days before papa did his blood ritual as in elizabeth that he could have been part of the church of god and he became disillusioned
0: what i've been running under is the sort of assumption that he is a disillusioned fallen angel it is he is he is the metaphorical Satan to the church of God. He is the mm-hmm. fallen one that will come and de- you know, he is the fallen one that will come and destroy the church. Yes. I think it's safe to assume in this universe it's very religious. You're indoctrinated from a very young age, considering the power that the church has. So I think it's safe to assume that everyone that joins the clergy, including Papa, must have at some point belonged to the church, no?
1: Yeah, that's I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm.
0: Any other thoughts on the first line?
1: Yes, actually. Um, When it says, say, can you see the cross? Mm -hmm. That, to me, drew a very direct parallel to the opening lines of the Star-Spangled Banner, which is the National Anthem of America. It's, oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? And that sort of gave me the idea that maybe they're inferring that in this universe, what's happening is happening somewhere in America. Maybe like a dystopian theocratical America. No. That was one parallel that I drew. Before we get into the next line, would I be able to touch really quick on the definition of what a death knell actually is? Because it's like very, very relevant, I think.
0: Of course, yeah.
1: I just thought it was very interesting. Okay, it says the definition of a death knell is the tolling of a bell to mark someone's death used to refer to the imminent destruction or failure of something which obviously it's like extraordinarily clear as Mm -hmm. to what they're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I just never really knew what a death knell was. So I thought that was like, they are not being secretive at all about what they want to do.
0: Not at all. Yeah, I find that on Merriam-Webster, I found that definition as well. Um, And I I drew the exact same conclusion as you did. But I want to discuss that a bit more later on. So, inverted solemnly. I think this mm-hmm. gives us more of an idea of the sort of character that Papa is. Yes. Because the the meaning of solemnly is seriously and without humor. So I think what Papa is trying to convey here with this lyric is that he knows what he and his followers are about to do, even if it is wrong in his eyes. However, it's something that needs to be done to fulfill his goal. Yeah. He's not enjoying it. It's just something that needs to be done.
1: He is beyond the point of tiptoeing around stuff anymore. It's like, we're going to do this, we're going to do it now, and nothing's going to stand in our way.
0: Mm. So I think as easy as it is to see, to view Papa as evil, with this line I think he's shown a bit more humanity than he's shown in the previous songs.
1: I think that ties into Satan prayer as well, because you know, with him basically opening his arms to all these abused women, he's sort of like softening up a little bit as to like this hard and fast basically just pure evil character that he began as
0: yeah he has a very defined story arc doesn't he sure does whatever you take into the context of previous songs hmm i wonder if i'm gonna find an even softer papa waiting in prime mover who knows
1: who knows
0: Shall we move on to the next, the next set of lyrics? Okay. A symbol for the goat of a thousand young. Do you want to take this one? Because I'm interested to see what you
1: find. Sure. Well, it seems like a lot of people, like, if someone says the goat of a thousand young, they automatically draw into their head the image of Baphomet. mm mm-hmm. I mean, everyone knows who Baphomet is. It's a pretty famous um, satanic figure. I don't know if I'd go so far as to call it a deity. hmm Um, Baphomet was originally the god of the Knights Templar, who represented perfect balance. They had symbols like the sun and moon, breast and phallus, and then Salve and Coagula written on its arms. But when I looked it up, the Goat of a Thousand Young was also originally the name of a Cthulhu mythos deity from H.P. Lovecraft, which um, was, I'm going to probably butcher this name but it was shub Mm Nigorov. and i don't really know how that would tie in but when i looked it up it was horribly terrifying
0: (laughs) (laughs) i i did the same i did the
1: same (laughs) I was sort of thinking on it, and I thought that Goat of a Thousand Young in clergy context most likely was in reference to once the Antichrist is born, the Antichrist himself breeding across the world to further the mission of overtaking God.
0: Wow, yeah. Yeah. That makes a hell of a lot of sense,
1: <laughs> and it sort of ties into the theories I have that we'll get into as the song progresses.
0: Okay, cool. I look forward to I look forward to hearing those because that's really really piqued my interest.
1: Hopefully, I'm on point with it, and I didn't speculate <laughs> too much. But I'm sure we'll find this out. this
0: whole podcast is speculation. <laughs> it's <laughs> what we do here. Yeah, I find the same sort of thing. I had no idea why he was talking about a look Lovecraftian deity. I did sort of understand that it could have just been a sort of roundabout reference because Shub Shub niggereth.
1: I'm very uncomfortable saying that word.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. I will be heavily censoring that if anything goes wrong.
1: We'll just call him SN. <laughs>
0: SN for short She is actually a perverse deity of fertility In the Lovecraftian universe Yes, it's a she She's a goddess
1: I feel like that's going to sort of bolster my uh, theory Uh, Okay, okay
0: (laughs) It was just a nice little note that This is what the perverse fertility deity It sort of fits in exactly with what's about to happen you know
1: yes it does
0: let's move on slightly Mm -hmm. i don't really have anything for 666 it's just the number of the beast unless you have anything i'd be lovely i'd love to hear it
1: i don't have anything much more than you have for 666 just it's the number of the beast perhaps that's papa just like calling out the number of the beast to whoever is in attendance at this Mm. I guess, ritual, I suppose you would call it, if it's a ritual or if it's just members of the clergy. But whoever is in attendance, he's just announcing his intent.
0: Mm. It also conveniently rhymes with sex, sex, sex. Um, (laughs) How convenient. (laughs) So, evoke the keen of hail. Strike the death nail. Death nail. Death nail. Death nail.
1: And that where is where I jumped the gun with the definition. <laughs> it's
0: okay. Um, I, I, we have a bit more to to, uh, to add to it. So, a death nail. As you defined earlier, death knell is an action or event preceding death or destruction. You are correct. It is defined as that, but it is also a physical bale.
1: Mm, see, you found something else that I didn't.
0: <laughs> it's actually not used anymore, but it would have been commonly used in history. So it was actually a set of three bales, which I find interesting because obviously he says death knell three times. The first is called a passing bell, indicating that someone or something is about to die. Then the death knell, which is the second bell, which was typically rung upon the death of that individual. And then the third, which we still have today, which you've probably heard before, is a funeral toll, typically rung yes. at the burial slash cremation ceremony. So it's actually part of a trinity. uh-huh
1: Oh, we're, bringing the, we're bringing the unholy trinity back into
0: it <laughs> as well as what you've defined um it's actually got the literal meaning of an existing object and a metaphorical meaning in the action or event proceeding to death and destruction you know i think in this matter we can both agree that papa isn't really referring to a singular person when he's talking about the death of somebody but more likely that he with the ringing of this particular death now that it's for humanity slash god himself
1: absolutely because i mean they've been pretty clear about their mission statement this is this is like a catastrophic event that they're doing everything they can to bring about
0: (laughs) the end times yes have you got anything else you want to talk about in the chorus
1: i didn't really dig into the chorus to my shame um but like you said, I do think it's interesting that they repeated death and all three times. That's one of the things that I love about it. It's like there's so many little subtleties that you have to really, really look at <laughs> to pick up on the significance. It's just brilliant.
0: I just have a lot of free time. <laughs> <laughs> I have we a all lot. do, man. It's <laughs>
1: quarantine. What else are we doing?
0: Uh, so moving on slightly. Uh-huh. Say, can you hear the chimes? Tolls now for the end. Bells call out our doom as Victor reaches womb. I'll let you take the lead.
1: Okay. Say, can you hear the chimes? Tolls now for the end. Pretty obviously, um, Papa and the clergy have begun ringing the death knell. As they kick off their, their ritual, they are now setting out to do what they have to do to conceive the Antichrist. And now we get to the bit that I... Can't figure out and it's just the one word. Okay. Bells call out our doom. That's what I can't figure out. But mm. as Victor reaches womb is very clear who whoever it is that they have selected, which yeah. I have thoughts on, mm-hmm. um, to be the one to carry the Antichrist. Victor has reached womb, the seed has been laid, but it's the word hour that hangs me up. I I've thought about it and thought about it and I can't think of who our is are the clergy considering themselves part of the end times are they so dedicated to this cause that once they bring about the antichrist they are willing to die for it I I'm having a hard time dissecting just that one little word.
0: I think that there is two methods of attack for this word, personally. Now that you mention it, I didn't overly think about it while I was reading it. But now that you mention it, I've had time to think while you were talking. I think there's two methods of attack. One, that yes, the clergy is completely aware that by doing this, it will cause the end of humanity and including themselves. I, You know, I think... Especially Papa is under no assumptions that what's happening is going to be good for mankind. However, the second one, the second sort of method and the second angle the second angle that I'm going to take is that if we view this like the musical that I'm viewing it as and that I hope everyone on this journey is starting to view it as, it could actually be that these three lines aren't actually sung by the clergy. They are actually more a representation of the thoughts of the townsfolk, or wherever this happens to take place, of their thoughts, because they would be used to hearing a death knell.
1: Like in Conclavi Condio when there was a call and response between the Mm -hmm. clergy and the town. Mm Mm-hmm. That is an excellent point. So
0: that just just the not the entire song, just those three lines, because obviously yes. as Victor reaches Worm, they wouldn't know about it. But it could just be, you know, it seems like a very superstitious age, and it could just be a populace that's so used to hearing the death now that they automatically associate it with doom and death.
1: That is that is very true.
0: Just my take on
1: it. I totally agree with that take because I could not, for the life of me, come up with any sort of conclusion to it. But that makes a lot of sense.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. I, oh man, my imagination is strange, <laughs> so <some would> say. <laughs> Thank God I have a podcast. We got,
1: we, got, we got to be strange to get through this.
0: <laughs> true, true. Oh, God, yeah, we're coming up to it, aren't we? <laughs> As Victor reaches womb, yes, uh, all the points that you said, I completely agree with. As Victor reaches womb is quite a literal statement. Uh, you know, it is... Quite literally, the the seed or the sperm reaching the egg inside mm-hmm. the womb. Just as a quick side note, though, I was really interested because obviously Victor is also a name. Um, I was actually really interested to see what the name Victor meant, and it actually means conqueror. So double yep. entendre because it's actually receiving, conceiving the Antichrist, the first step to conquering mankind.
1: There are so many double entendres. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I was just like, hmm, I wonder what Victor means. Oh right, yeah, there's that's like really another fact. one. Bingo. <laughs> All right, so sex, sex, sex. <laughs> Receive the beast of evil. Of evil. Did you really just laugh at me saying sex I three times?
1: I <laughs> did. I'm sorry. No, not necessarily at you. I'm thinking of the way it's sung.
0: Six, six, six. six. six, six. <laughs> I will never sing on this podcast again, viewers. I'm sorry. <sighs> Uh. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. So yeah, it happens to rhyme with six. We got that. <laughs> I have down That's here. Well. I have down here as one of my only notes for this verse. This verse is as close as we will ever come to have ghosts describing sexual assault on their albums in a literal sense. That's what I have on this. I.
1: This is where my theory starts to come into play a little bit. I can. Definitely see um, your point of view where this could be literally interpreted as a sexual assault. But I sort of have a different opinion on who the clergy has chosen to be the mother of the Antichrist. And it sort of touches back slightly on the figure that we have decided to refer to as SN.
0: (laughs) All right.
1: I think it might sort of be an allusion to a theological figure that we're all quite familiar with, Lilith. Okay. They've taken all this time to literally bring Satan, the actual devil, into their presence to sire the Antichrist. And... The reason that I strayed away from the sexual assault aspect of it was because they had just so recently done basically everything in their power to bring in all of these abused and disillusioned women who were followers of God. Mm. And it would just be such a clear betrayal to be like, hey, guys, thanks for coming in. Now we're going to you know, forcefully impregnate one of you to birth the Antichrist. And there's another line that we will come up on that I feel sort of like bolsters my theory, but I, I do believe that if they were so intent on bringing Satan to earth, they would also bring Lilith, who is the mother of demons to earth with him to birth their son who will conquer the world.
0: Okay. I did not have that angle, even remotely. (laughs) Um, so insane. I'm going to wait until your theory plays out. I'm definitely interested in it, though.
1: I might be reaching a little bit, but that's kind of where my mind went. I'm, I'm definitely still on board with your theory as well, though.
0: Both have merits. I'm just waiting. I'm, you know Obviously, I want to hear more about what you've discovered. Because I didn't I didn't even think of Lilith in the whole grand scheme of things. But I look forward to hearing about it. I don't really have a lot more to add from this. To me, it was just what I said it was. Have you got anything else?
1: Not particularly. It was it was just sort of like I took it for what it was, and that's where mm. my aha moment happened, and I started running with that theory and doing way too much research. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, man, education is good. Learning is always good.
1: We're making learning fun.
0: <laughs> with Satan. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, kids. S
1: <laughs> We're learning to spell... This oh. is an educational song. <laughs> we're, lear- we're learning about rhymes. We're learning how to spell. We're getting a history lesson. Death knell, fun for the whole family.
0: <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> let's I'm okay. swiftly moved on from that. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> Can you say his name? Carrier of the light. I assume this is the line that you had for Lilith, right? No. No, it's not. No. Okay. I could not figure out to the life of me what carrier of the light was maybe referring to, apart from maybe a woman of God, like a church or like a nun.
1: I looked at carrier of the light as a reference to Lucifer, since his name means light bringer or light bearer, mm. which they might just be using it as another word for Satan, perhaps instead of like saying we're gonna evoke Satan, they were they just chose to to evoke Lucifer, but then again, they do literally have their spelling lesson with Satan, so <laughs> it might it might just have been like a like a slant reference to Lucifer. They're trying to use all of the devil's names to maybe like make their ritual more powerful.
0: I can't really argue with you there. I've got nothing mm-hmm. on that. That was a great interpretation of these lines. All I said was, to me, this is a, this at least somewhat confirms that a nun of God has been forced. To you know, into the conception of the Antichrist, because carrier of the light, in my opinion, was carrier of the faith of God, aka non. Maybe, um, but yeah. your, your definition fits a lot better. So, thank you. Mine does not make. Mine does oh, not make no. a pretty picture. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, that that is a. Now you're just like, this is dark. This is really, really dark.
0: <laughs> I warned everyone last week. We <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause
1: everybody sighs> not <doesn't> warn you.
0: <laughs> so. Legions of his seed, a child your spouse will feed. That's where you this, got L- Lilith. Think this
1: ooh. is where I got Lilith.
0: That's where yes. you got Lilith.
1: That's where I got Lilith because that once again, this is kind of where I went down my Lilith rabbit hole. But oftentimes, Lilith has been referred to as the bride of the serpent. After she refused to lay under Adam, she rebelled against both her husband, Adam and God and chose to become a demon. She is referred to in the Babylonian Talmud, you know, as a, as a mother of demons, one of the quotes was from the Babylonian Talmud. It is forbidden for a man to sleep alone in a house, lest Lilith take hold of him because she would steal men's sperm to impregnate herself and birth more demons. Mm. And I think as you know, the woman who willingly basically turned her back on God and walked away to be with, you know, the serpent. She's basically Satan's wife. Mm. And if someone gives her a chance to come to earth and birth the most powerful demon, demonic figure ever conceived, she would be all over that chance.
0: Nice.
1: So that's, that's where I bring Miss Lilith into the equation.
0: It actually fits really well. Like, if we bring it back a notch to stand by him, it could actually... That could be the entire song that maybe maybe even formed Lilith with the witchcraft.
1: Yeah. That that or, song
0: could actually have her as the subject.
1: Ooh, ooh, wait, wait, I have an idea. Uh-huh. Okay, the, the bitten vicar. Yes. Who forced himself on a woman adam trying to force himself on lilith Mm. and then the the witch who as flames ate through her body defiled Mm -hmm. walked away from god and chose to suffer and returned as a demonic figure Mm. lilith
0: yeah no you win (laughs) this yeah you win
1: I got it. You yes. did.
0: That makes total sense to me. That makes total sense. I I thought all along that the the subject of stand by him was a, just an anonymous woman, but it's actually someone who's went on to become Lilith just from the evilness of the way God treated her. Yeah, that makes so much sense.
1: you know, and when I sort of fell down the Lilith rabbit hole, uh-huh. I really didn't even, you know hearken back to stand by him until now but Uh. it just it fits it fits
0: (laughs) it really does it really does oh wow okay yeah i was going to say that a spouse can mean a consort but you've blown my theory out of the water so (laughs) i completely 100% agree with you that this song is about lilith and lilith exists canonically in this universe this is where i'm going now you've completely changed my mind well done.
1: I just won final jeopardy.
0: (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) (sighs) And now we move on to the best part. I
1: got a a thank you. And now we move on
0: to the best part. Give me Mm -hmm. an S. Give me an A. (laughs) (claps) Give me a T. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. What is it (laughs) so? Hey, kids.
1: Welcome to the Spelling with Satan podcast.
0: <laughs> so
1: I'm I'm not doing well. I'm losing
0: my mind. The next line, which are uh, the next couple of lines, which is unfortunately the last couple of lines, and we'll have to end the podcast after them, is them literally spelling out the name of Satan under spell. Of death nail, and then death nail three more times. We actually were on the same page regarding the different names of Satan. I just didn't realize it yet. Um, was that you could take the literal spelling out Satan's name purely as a chant. However, it could also very, be- very well be related to the ritual or spell that conceives or helps conceive the Antichrist. You know, yes. That's, uh, similar to the thought that you had earlier, and obviously under spell of death nail, mm-hmm. which sort of adds to that. Uh, have you got anything on those on those lines apart from? <laughs> sesame street
1: no no it's we pretty much got the sesame street definition you know
0: well if you have nothing else to add unfortunately much like the world is about to happen in this universe this podcast is coming to an end it's been a pleasure (laughs) speaking to you my mind has been blown
1: yeah mine too this was uh this was a fun one to dig into
0: it's definitely been the one that sent me down the most rabbit holes let's put it that way Maybe, maybe maybe sit in prayer Honestly, I think Satan prayers topped it, but it was still very good nonetheless. Your Lilith Theory is amazing and has now changed, now changed the course of this entire song and made me think of Papa as slightly a better person. Just slightly. He's still an evil just old bastard. A, just
1: a, oh, yeah. He's, he's still a, <laughs> a nasty old dude, but maybe a nasty old dude who's starting to become a little less evil.
0: Exactly. So... Would you like to uh, shout out to your followers on Instagram? Would you like to advertise your Instagram?
1: I sure would. Um, I'm going to plug two real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, my main Instagram is Mortis, but the O is a zero. So it's exm, the number zero, zero, R-T-I-S. Mm-hmm. It's private, so request anyway, and I'll approve you. Um, I also have uh, a ghoul cosplay account that I just started today. It is Victorian, Victorian Ghoulette, so follow that when I put on my ghoul mask and act like an idiot.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Kat.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And I will see you guys next week for I think the final chapter of Opus with a guest on it, Prime Mover. I'll see you next week. Hail Satan.
1: Hail Satan.